And you go ahead and get us in it. Let's do it. One last time for Godzilla. 40 weeks, 35 films, four recaps, and a finale. It's the Godzilla series blowout. Starting it off, I mean, I guess we're ending it with a bang. We're we're breaking conventions. This is this isn't a uh, Godzilla go down. It's a no. blowout. You you've ruined it things is. permanently. No, <laughs> no. I mean, we have to like this is something a little bit different, Alex. Right. This is the blowout, right? Right. Uh, and we're both used to blowouts having. Yeah, we've had kids. So, <laughs> yeah, so we know all about blowouts, and this certainly. Uh, has the the ingredients for a special type of blowout, Alex? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the best blowout you'll ever see. Oh, absolutely! If you're just now joining us, we are monsters versus men. Uh, we're trying our best to stay alive here in the bargain basement of the Kaiju Podcasting Airwaves. I'm Eric, and I'm Alex. And honestly, thank you all for joining us. This is going to be. I think a pretty fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's going to be a wild one. It's very different from our other <laughs> ones. I'm excited. It really, it really is quite a bit different. So I think Alex, without further ado, we need to get right into it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're diving straight into the questions on this one, I believe, aren't we? That we yeah. have given. Well, well, I guess we'll we'll take our listeners on this ride, but I want to start with a question that I had for you, Eric. Okay. So, have these movies changed the way you look at monster movies in general? And if so, how? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so we're putting our, each other on the spot with these questions here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do think my my opinion on monster movies has changed overall. Um before this series, if you ask me probably what is my favorite monster movie, I might say The Host, which we both really do like, Alex. Yes. Uh, and it is a great movie. Um, but in general, it's not a genre that I would go to uh, to look for entertainment before. Right. <laughs> now I think, obviously, Alex, and, and I think you can back me up on this, you started off as the fanboy. And then as <laughs> over the course of this series, <laughs> listeners have noticed and you have noticed that I've become more and more of a fanboy along the way, <laughs> diving deeper into some things than even you have, Alex. So yes. I say I certainly have grown to appreciate the genre. Uh, and I thank you for inviting me along. Yeah. I mean, my, my personal favorite moments of yours were when you went ahead and watched Gamera by yourself because you just really had to have another monster movie fix. And then yeah, also yeah. when you re- when you just blew through Ultra Q in no time. Those oh, were yeah. two moments I was like, yeah, Eric Eric can't help himself anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. I understand. Well, here is my question for you, Alex. All right? Yeah. You've seen all these movies before. How has your perspective changed on this time through the series, this time through, I've, it's really been made clear to me how much depth these movies had. I knew, always knew that it was more than just a guy in a rubber suit and that type of thing. It just like shock, schlocky, uh, fun. 
But there's a lot of depth to these movies, and I didn't really extract that much through my previous viewings. And I think it's because I didn't take the time to sit and think about it afterwards. And it's really enhanced my perspective on really all monster movies. I've gotten a lot more out of it than I would have ever expected, especially the later movies, like the 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 anime trilogy that people don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that those are really good examples of you know you could really dig a lot of the a lot out of these movies, and I really did this time around. Nice, yeah. No, I I feel yeah. There there's a lot more to some of these than meets the eye the first time around. Another thing, Alex, that you probably noticed, if I had the chance to watch a movie more than once, I always appreciated it more. Yeah, I did too, actually. And I, I, I think we've mentioned it before, but that pa- the pacing always seems to be ironed out when I watch mm-hmm. a movie the second time. And yeah. typically, I like the movie more the second time. So I, I think I was a lot, a lot like you. I think you were more successful at it, but trying to watch a movie twice before each episode, I yeah. was really able to do that early on especially especially with the show era i was watching them twice and even through the heisei but yeah it really changes your perspective and what when we made our list at the end that we're gonna go through even while we were making the list my movies were changing the order that i really felt (laughs) like they actually belonged in so (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so now alex we had those questions surprise questions for each other but now we have uh, a couple questions from some special fans of the series. <laughs> yeah. And the first up is a very special guest to me. Hey guys, this is Neely, Eric's wife. And I thought your listeners might be interested to know what it looks like on a weekly basis for you guys when you sit down to record your podcast. So in other words, give us a behind the scenes look. Ooh. All right, Alex, I'll let, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Okay, I, I guess I'm going to talk more to what the, I guess what our rule setup is. So we use, me and Eric, we live in different places. He lives in Kentucky, I'm in Georgia. But we use Zencaster to actually do our podcast. And it's really our best low latency way to do it, even though there is some latency, which I correct in editing. And we actually... <laughs> get rid of a lot of it by doing a sync clap at the beginning, which I think we've probably heard in one of the episodes at some point us mentioned it at the very least, <laughs> but we, we do a sync clap and then that helps me line up the tracks. And then I just kind of cut out some of the latency that causes blanks in between our conversations. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty easy to use. We don't actually look at each other at all. Thank goodness. Like, <laughs> We, we we wouldn't want to look at each other at all. So <laughs> that's part of the reason why there's low latency for it. But yeah, so we, we just use Zencaster. I have a blue snowball microphone. Eric has some actually some sort of. Microphone. It's a really cheap microphone he got off Amazon, but I actually think his quality might be better than mine. So yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, it works for what it is. And you know, I think Neely asked this question because she knows the craziness that we kind of deal with, like in our family. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, when we're recording, um, as you said, we're in different locations. Uh, but before we record every night, I have to get my three kids under five into bed and Oof. quiet. And they're always, sometimes they're crying or they're waking or they're passing gas during the recording that you have to edit out. <laughs> and, and I have, you know, if you've listened to all the episodes, you've heard a sage fart in one of the episodes. 
Oh, you have probably. You didn't know what it was, but that was my baby daughter, I'm sure. And, you know, I had this nice little setup in my living room, which is great. It's where I record. But Neely is always there as well. And she's currently, uh, like, as she has been the last couple months, she's playing Animal Crossing each week and trying to distract me by pointing out the latest piece of furniture she's acquired for her mansion. It's a bit much, Alex. It's all a bit much, but if you ever wonder, does, is Eric distracted this week? Probably. It's Neely's fault. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Actually, Cece's sitting next to me this week, but normally she doesn't sit down here. Normally it's just nice. me solo. I have to put the dog in the kennel or else you can see her her fingernails clicking on the hardwood as she walks around. So. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. All right. Next question, Alex, comes from our guest a couple weeks ago and my brother, Brett. Hey, guys. I really enjoyed the Godzilla series, and I'm glad to be a part of the ride. I'm looking forward to what's coming. My question relates to the creation of the podcast itself. I know Alex has done other podcasts, but this is Eric's first one. Eric, what has been the biggest challenge for you in doing Monsters vs. Men? Has doing this podcast with Alex been different than you expected? And Alex, has everything gone according to plan, or do you wish you picked a different man? Thanks again, and try to stay alive. Well, since the first question is addressed to me, Alex, I (laughs) guess I'll go first. And, you know, the biggest challenge in doing this podcast was Alex convincing me to do it. Uh, Once I start something, I go all in. (laughs) <laughs> but I knew this podcast would like take a commitment from me. And so I was hesitant to do it before right. doing this podcast. I typically watch two to three movies a week, sometimes more. Um, but now I'm, I'm honestly, I'm down to one to two movies a week. One of those is always the next film for our <laughs> podcast. Uh, but honestly, Alex, once we hit Godzilla versus King Kong, I was hooked because that film, it offered me something I completely didn't expect. And it gave me hope for the rest of the series. Right. Um, And the other thing that I didn't expect that's kind of kept me going and kept me encouraged was the online support that we've already received. It's been fantastic. And I just want to take a second to thank each and every one of you that has supported us by appearing on the podcast or lending us your opinions. We really are very grateful. Yeah, we really are. And it's been fun getting to know all these people online. It's, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's been a treat. But uh, as for the, I guess I'll answer the other question, which is, I'll, I'll say that just about everything has kind of gone better than I planned. We we gained a following faster than I thought we would. And, you know, I, I never really planned to have a, so many recap episodes. And I never expected our recap episodes to do so well. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> those are some things I did not plan for, but actually our recap episodes usually do better than our normal episodes, which, uh, that's a bit of a surprise for me, but yeah, everything's gone according to plan. Now I have several offers for people to take Eric's place, especially when <laughs> I feel like he's, uh, got the wrong movie opinion. So, uh-huh. you know, there's, there's still some offers no one's really taken me up on it, but <laughs> <laughs> Eric's been Eric's been better than I expected honestly. Like it's been it's been a it's been a treat to record with him every week because oh, 
Shut up, Eric. Uh, because, <laughs> because he he's really taken this far more serious than I thought he would, and it's been <laughs> the podcast is better for it. Wipe your tears away, Eric. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, I man. I was just I was choked up for a second. I could hardly respond. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I guess that brings us to our next question. Oh hey! Yeah, <laughs> with C- with Cece who oh. who just got brought off the bench. Hey, <laughs> she, who probably forgot her own question? So I, just give her a brief moment to ask me and Eric. I was just looking through Pinterest. <laughs> but uh, Cece, I believe you have a question for us. Um. Yes, I was wondering what do each of you appreciate the most about each other i guess i didn't introduce you very well but cc is my wife i'm used to introducing her like this because we have another podcast the 13th floor yeah <laughs> i and she doesn't introduce, introduce myself that's true i'm just along for the ride anyways but so <laughs> eric why don't you go ahead and ravish me in praise first uh because i would, I will. I would love i would love for I you will. to do that <laughs> Well, I thought you were sentimental with that last response. I know. I was like, this is kind of bleeding into maybe another question. I got to think of another now, thing, Alex. Man, now Cece is, she's she's going to hit me where it hurts, I know. But I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> On the logistical side, I, I really appreciate Alex's editing. Um, for listeners that don't know, he edits and posts all these episodes. And that's a lot of work to keep up with. Um, and on a personal side, I would just say, I think Alex is able to listen to others' opinions respectfully, and he really considers what others are saying. Um, I think I've influenced him on a couple of occasions to either rate a film higher or lower than he had thought before. Yeah. And that's not because Alex is weak-minded in any way, shape, or form. It's because he's willing to listen and change his mind about something. Um, so I think that's been good for the podcast. Is like He didn't come in with this mindset of, I've already seen these movies. I already have my opinions about all of them. That's what they are. No, he's been really open-minded about every single one. Uh, so I've really appreciated that. Man, Eric. Aww. Oof. Well, I got to say, you know, once again, how how seriously you've taken this podcast. Because we, we could have easily dunked on this. And you've really turned this into, as you've put it, the Ninja Warrior of Godzilla podcast. <laughs> And yes. you've really made it easy to stay positive during some of the dark times of the Showa era, especially. <laughs> but you really take a Eric prepares all the shows ahead of time, where he gets the notes ready and the structure of the episode. He writes the uh, the the booming preambles that you're privy to at the beginning of every episode, and he, he schedules all of our hosts. He gets everything ready like that, so. Eric does a lot of work on the show beforehand. He does he does the pre-production, I do the post-production. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, I really couldn't imagine someone doing it better than you, man. You, you've knocked it out of the park. You're you Even though I roll my eyes every time you throw a quote at me, I've really enjoyed them. <laughs> <laughs> all your quotes, all your opinions on these movies, and uh, just, you know, being, being there to watch your attitude change on these movies has been been a treat for me <laughs> awesome well thanks man I, i'm sure our listeners at this point have either 
pulled out a box of tissues themselves or turned the podcast <laughs> off. So <laughs> either one is understandable. It's, we, yeah, we get it. Thank you, Cece, uh, for that question. Um, I think that is all of our questions here to kind of get us into the meat of this episode, Alex. Um, and so we've got our awards first and then our rankings. Now, for these awards, we asked some special friends of the podcast to help contribute yeah. uh, to these awards. And I also set a couple rules for us. So we can only use a film once uh, each individually. We don't know what each other has, has chosen. Um, it could be a moment that we've mentioned before or not. And for my own sake, I decided I'm not going to do any runner ups this time around. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns and just stick to one because we do have a special guest. Uh, most of the time they've been previous uh, guests uh, of the podcast for each of these awards. So the first award uh, is the coolest character award. And we have our friend blue Nova uh, who's going to give us the first coolest character award. The EXIF are a fantastic religious reimagining of the Exilians from Invasion of Astro Monster. But Metaphys himself is one of the more fascinating human characters of the Godzilla series, and perhaps its single best humanoid antagonist. His deception is convincing, and his relationship with Haruo is left ambiguous enough to believe he genuinely cared about his younger companion. Not only does he have great interactions with the entire cast, but the psychological torture he subjects Haruo to ranks among the most accomplished explorations of subject matter and effective filmmaking in the giant monster genre since the very first Godzilla film. His fatalistic worldview is an expansion on themes from said 1954 film. And even after all the terrible things he does, his final embrace with Haruo is quite touching, truly the mark of a great character. Oh, all right. That's a good choice. Uh, I nice. actually considered <laughs> picking someone from the anime trilogy as well, but... There's one character who's always stuck in my mind, Eric, and it's someone whose name I've been able to remember since very early on. I think I have a feeling I know who it is, but tell me, Alex. It's Glenn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For one, one, I still remember his name, and this was many months ago now. And two, Mm -hmm. I think he was a genuinely interesting character who has more depth than his first impression gives, which isn't something that we've actually seen a lot of the series in terms of like, you know, we see a character and then what they turn out to be is even more or different Mm -hmm. than what we expect. We kind of, our first impression of most of the characters is pretty much what we get, but you know, more depth is added and layers are added, but this is kind of like a subversion of what we expect. And I really like that. And that on top of his romance with Namikawa, which is actually one of the most interesting romances of the entire series is makes him my coolest character. Cause he's just got so much swagger, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> he does. And Alex, I think the reason you remember his name is because you're a basic white guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know Sirizawa. Thank you. I know Sirizawa and, uh, do. uh, <laughs> Goro, Mikey, Amiko, uh, Amiko. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Alex. So, for me, when I was thinking about uh, these movies and, and the coolest characters, um, it was hard. It was hard to choose. It really was. I could list several characters right now, but as I said, no runner-ups. So I'm going to go with 
um, the reporter Ichiro Sakai from Mothra versus Godzilla, um, played by the legendary Akira Takarada. Now, what makes this character Sakai so important and cool for me is that he was the first character of the series to have really noticeable character development. He starts off as this naive reporter. He wants to get the job done, but then he goes through this period of disillusionment where he questions his profession, but then that ultimately leads him alongside um, the Mothra twins to, to save the children on the Island. And at the end, he's still striving to create a better world for others. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I honestly, Takarada, uh, by the way, like, He's he was in Gojira, but this is where I really was like, oh wow, Takarada is awesome <laughs> uh, in this movie. So I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't pick the egg character, the guy that just eats eggs all the time. I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> that neither one of us jumped at that opportunity. <laughs> well, I thought about. I also thought about no runner-ups, but I thought about. I thought about the priest. From the return of Godzilla because he was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that brings us to our most memorable line award. And this time we have a previous guest who's very special and he's here to present his award. Hey guys, David here with the Kaiju Apostle podcast. I'm going to have to try to keep this under a minute. Um, so, as tempted as I was to choose a line like Katagiri, you know, I don't even know if I said that right. Uh, I really just have to go with the original. Um, There's a line with the mother and her children when she goes, we're going to join daddy. We'll be where daddy is soon. And for me, I feel like we all know what the movie is about. We all know what Godzilla stands for. But I think sometimes we forget how closely, how when this movie was made, how close it was to the actual events of uh, the bombings, right? So I think about the way that these actors and actresses would have had to insert themselves into something that was still quite raw and tender. And I just think about the way that that actress played that role and just the emotion there. And it will forever haunt me for the rest of my life. So that is why it is my most memorable line. I felt like that was a really horrible Oscar introduction. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm all about it. <laughs> it is all good. It's all good. And he had to choose, you know, kind of like the most emotional line of the entire series. Of course series, he did. Right. What a wimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, my most memorable line award, it might surprise you a little bit. Uh, well, the movie that it comes from might surprise you a little okay. bit. Okay. Because it comes from. All monsters attack. Mm, yeah, I already know what the <laughs> now, line is. You do know. You yes. probably do know the line. And it's a great line it is, it is. in the movie. And it's the toy consultant, Shinpei. He says, adults believe in God, so why can't kids have their own gods too, like Manila's? I mean, come on. That's an amazing line that is also just approaches this entire series in this kind of meta sort of way. And I think it summarizes what Honda was wanting to do with all monsters attack. But just in general, I I like the idea that people can take something seriously um, like the Godzilla series. It's fine, right? We're all into different things and we can take something quite seriously. Kids can take Manila seriously. Mm -hmm. That's fine. 
we as adults can still take a Godzilla series. It's just a film. That's fine. I get it. We can take it seriously and have adult conversations about uh, something as non-serious to life as Kaiju and still find meaning uh, and joy in discussing it. So I, I love that line. And I think it's kind of a, uh, a line that encompasses my feelings towards Kaiju and the Godzilla series at this point. Right. That's cool. Uh, for me, there's some like really great lines in all of the Godzilla mythos. Some good, some mm-hmm. bad, but there's one line in particular that like sticks with me through my day to day life. Kiss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that one, man, that one hits home, Alex. Yeah, yeah, that one hits home. It, it, it's just so meaningful to you. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a prevalent thought I have day to day. Um, yeah, exactly. so <laughs> that leads us to our can't believe the acting award and uh our calling guest for this one is a friend of the podcast he hasn't been uh, a guest on the podcast yet but he's been a listener from the very beginning and when i asked him to to give us this answer he had no hesitation and he knew exactly who he wanted to choose so here's Corey. hello i'm Corey. i go drive 27 noir on twitter my nomination for the Can't Believe That Acting Award goes to Takashi Shimura as Professor Imane at the end of the film after Godzilla and Sarazawa's death. When he sits somberly on presumably a barrel, he says, if nuclear test continues, perhaps somewhere in the world, another Godzilla may appear. Shimura was able to convey such an ominous tone of voice, and the way he just uses his body language to convey this sense of unease and dread, knowing that these nuclear tests are going to probably continue and that another Godzilla is going to appear. And in a way, it perfectly sums up the message of the film. Man, Eric, if I, if I didn't know any better, mm-hmm. that's who I thought you would have picked. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought, I, I, you know, if he didn't choose it, I, I would have thought about it for sure. Um, but yeah, I wasn't going to choose, choose something that somebody else chose. Yeah. Uh, but, but Shimura is great as Yamane. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, for this award, I actually had a lot of trouble picking somebody. Like I I almost considered one of the three actors involved in the New York scene in Final Wars. Oh gosh. But (laughs) (laughs) actually think, actually I had to go with someone else because I think, Ken Watanabe Sirizawa is maybe my favorite role mm. played by someone throughout a movie and even, you know, both movies. But yeah. I, I, I would love to get more movies with him as that character now. I know that's hard to do since his character's dead, but maybe we can get, and I know we won't get more movies, but I would like movies where they're finding these other titans and quarantining them. Because there's a mention that these creatures have been quarantined. Some of them were caught already, like, in, in uh, hibernation but i would like mm-hmm. to see his journey some more of his journey played by the same actor because char- the character is so subtle and interesting and there's clearly so much more going on beneath yeah beneath the surface i just really would like some of that explored even more but ken watanabe sirizawa is i think pretty stellar actually 
Nice. What about you? No, that that's a good choice. Uh, there are so many good performances here, Alex. Uh, but I I want to go with um, Chiharu Niyama as Yuri in GMK. Um, oh. She stood out because she's a performance. That was a performance that actually hooked me emotionally. She brings humanity to Yuri as a flawed but respectable character in one of the best movies of the series, in my opinion. Um, she has that monologue where she's reporting and, of course, mm-hmm. amazing score in the background. And it's one of my favorite moments of GMK and the series. I, I loved her performance there. I love Yuri as a character. So I had to go with Chiharu Niyama. Yeah, you remember, remember when she uh, got knocked over and uh, she wouldn't film what was the fight that was going on because she's a bad reporter? No. <laughs> <laughs> that may be got the camera but. pointing at the ground while the fight of the century is happening in front of her just because she got knocked away and like a building toppled on top of her whatever yeah <laughs> you mean she's human alex okay uh, yeah i don't like human characters i like him as unrealistic as possible <laughs> that brings us to our the standout effect award and we got another hot to trot man from twitter land <laughs> it's jack or g-man on sci-fi actually i think it's g-man on mysterioid now hey guys so i'm super honored and flattered to have been asked to decide on an award for this really big monster versus men episode uh always a blast interacting with you guys and it's really something to be invited in on all the fun so i'm tackling the standout effect award which after accepting this it slowly hit me how impossible it is to pick one great special effect out of an entire franchise full of imaginative and unique visuals. Uh, you know, because, because it's so hard to just pick one, I set a criteria for myself. What is an effect that represents the tokusatsu style at its peak efficiency? I like to think Godzilla movies have two directors, the lead dramatic director and the special effects director. The special effects are such a big part of the look of these films, and the closer he works with the dramatic director, the better the cohesiveness of the film. So, for my standout effect, I'm going with the composite shot of live actors and sets blended with miniatures and monsters. A composite that really sticks out to me is about 45 minutes and 50 seconds into the original 1954 Godzilla. I tried to think of another example because I I, I do think picking the original film gets kind of boring, but I kept coming back to the specific shot, so I just went with this. It's, it, it sets the precedence for so many great shots in not just the Godzilla franchise, but Gamera, Daimajin, Ultraman, etc. It includes a composite of extras fleeing for their lives at the bottom of the frame. Behind them is a set of miniatures in the foreground of Godzilla, who is positioned right of the frame. Uh, but to take up space to the left of the frame is a miniature light post in the foreground. Both are slightly obscured by, by overhead lines positioned close to the camera, and the subject's movement pops off the dim-lit and foggy background. So, you know, if, if it's true the, the best films in the series blend the character's story seamlessly with the monsters, then the visual companion to that are shots that also blend characters with well-composed tokusatsu. Shots like this set a 
precedent for the, the series, which you can see all the way through the Millennium movies as well. But like I said, picking, picking one standout effect in a 30-plus movie series is pretty difficult and obviously varies from fan to fan. So when deciding what your standout effect is, you have to ask yourself, is this shot pretty hot? Or does it make audience say, eh, better not? I mean, Jack would bring in uh, a shot from Gojira. And he would bring in like those dynamics of that composite shot. Uh, he, he always is good at pointing those out. And I knew he'd bring something like that into this discussion. Yeah. So I'm glad he, he chose to, to do that award. Yeah, I could, I could hear him pushing his glasses up to the bridge of his yeah. nose. <laughs> <laughs> so for my standout effect award, I'm going to have to go with the amazing puppetry of Biolante in Godzilla versus Biolante. I'm so glad you um, picked that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I know we're not as, as high. We don't rate Biolante um, as a movie as high as others. But I think you told me it took 32 people or something like that yeah. to control that monster. And Biolante as that monster, it has to be one of the pinnacles of Toku that we've seen in the series. For sure. Uh, whenever it just... Uh, moves towards Godzilla in that iconic like movement scene mm-hmm. in its final form. There's nothing better than that. No, uh, and so I, I've got to go with Bailante. What yeah. about you? Uh, that that was actually I would have picked that one if I hadn't picked you to kiss you guys for my other award. So I'm <laughs> glad you went with that one because nice. my other my other one has to be the Shin Godzilla nighttime scene. Uh, nice. It really is just a haunting scene. Like it is. So cool. And it's the Godzilla we we know and love. Just completely mutated and destroyed, but also still resembles the thing we like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just with a new horrifying capabilities. It's just that scene is it's perfect. It's perfect. Well, I was I was so close with going with the atomic breath, Alex, but I didn't for a reason you'll find out shortly. Ah, okay. Okay. But that that leads us to our, oh, that's a good shot award, our final award. And for this one, we have a special guest that likes to, let's say, <laughs> hang out with all the other Kaiju fans. <laughs> yes. He is. What's up, guys? Michael here, better known as the Kaiju Groupie. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take it all the way back to 1964 and give my Damn! That's a Good Shot award to when Godzilla makes his film debut in Mothra versus Godzilla. It's one of the most iconic scenes in the franchise. It's one of the most iconic scenes in the Showa era specifically. And if anyone knows me, they know that I am a Showa guy through and through. So that's my pick. Looking forward to this episode, guys. I uh, hope you guys are staying safe and I will talk to you real soon. Man, yeah. yeah. Honestly, Alex, yes. <laughs> this is one I would have chosen 100%. This actually would have been my standout effect award. Um, ah. But I'm glad it wasn't because it gave me a chance to highlight uh, Sakai, the reporter from Mothra vs. Godzilla, mm-hmm. which Mothra vs. Godzilla, when I just think back to it, this is such a good movie. I, I love that movie. I'm yeah. probably... I might have to go rewatch that one after we finish recording this, Alex. Yeah, it, it is a good one. It is a good one. It's so good. Um, um, but what do you got? What's your Oh, That's a Good Shot award? I've actually, you know, he's got the, the Godzilla reveal in Mothra vs. Godzilla. I've got the Godzilla re- reveal from Terror of Mechagodzilla. 
Mm-hmm. When he goes up against the yeah. Titanosaurus and he just shows up like a superhero <laughs> in the dark, you just suddenly see that 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 so silhouette good. of Godzilla mm-hmm. in the dark. It is so awesome. <laughs> yes. that, that is when like Godzilla has gone like full blown like he he's he's gone hero already, but this is now a superhero Godzilla. This is the equivalent mm-hmm. of the superhero landing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is the Godzilla that when I think of you and why you love this series, this is probably the Godzilla that caused you to fall in love with the series. Absolutely. Right? Like the superhero Godzilla. That's such a great choice. I'm glad we we found a a place for Terror of Mecha Godzilla in these awards because I wanted to find a place for it. But my oh, that's a good shot award. It came from Shin Godzilla, right? <laughs> and and I didn't actually go with this shot the first time we watched this film, but it's the one that's been plastered on my mind ever since. And you alluded to it, but it's the long shot of Godzilla at night when he's glowing red there, the smoke's in the background, and he's directly facing the camera. Right? Yes. <laughs> he's just basically laid waste to everything around him. And here he is directly facing the camera, long shot. You have the haunting operatic music in the background. It's just such a cool moment and one <laughs> that I won't be forgetting anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, you just copied me from my last one, but yeah, it's a good choice, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. It's time for the final segment of our blowout. You could say mm. <laughs> it's the cleanup of our blowout. And so I'm excited about it. <laughs> And as always, it's no holds bar in Moscow with a few caveats. But right. I will say, before we get into this, um, let me go ahead and talk about MVM Plus, Alex. Um, so before we get into the final rating of the series, I want to mention the beginning of something new that we're just starting. It's MVM Plus, And this is bonus content for our loyal listeners. Honestly, Alex and I, we were recording these podcasts and we just found our conversations before and after our recordings to be just as fun as the recordings themselves. So we've just started to record them as bonus episodes for those who are interested. In no way, and here's the key thing, in no way will this take away from the content of our regularly scheduled like program. Right. right? We're not going to change any content or the way that we're doing things. It's simply a way to provide bonus content to those that want it and also get feedback from those who want to listen, what topics would you like for us to discuss in these bonus episodes? We're all ears. Um, Mm -hmm. So our first one this week, we're discussing how we arrived at these final rankings, Alex's thoughts on Hellboy, and my own progress in the Ultraman series. If you're interested in getting some bonus content, joining the conversation further, and supporting the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash mvmpod, where even at the lowest tier, you'll get access to all the bonus content. Our first goal is to raise just enough money to break even for the production costs of the <laughs> podcast. It's not too lofty, Alex. <laughs> no, it's not too lofty. But, <laughs> but now, Alex, we're going to get into the entree of the episode. The final, definitive, can't be argued with MVM rankings. Oh, and yeah. As, as we just alluded to, these rankings are different because we already hashed it out. Uh, off well on microphone for our MVM plus we didn't want to take you know 40 minutes kind of talking about these rankings with you we're here to present them 
in the way that only we know how. <laughs> but before we begin, before we begin, uh, we do have a message from uh, another guest of the podcast, Taylor from Giant Monster Messages. Yeah. I asked Taylor to tell us his most underrated Godzilla film in 60 seconds or less. <laughs> Go for it. Almost the Attack is the most underrated Godzilla film. On IMDb, it's the lowest rated film with 3.8 out of 10. On Letterboxd, it's tied for the lowest with Godzilla 98 with a score of 2.1 out of 5. What has caused this low rating? I'm going to say expectation. All Monsters Attack is a different film than any other Godzilla movie, and in a different way, the same thing can be said for Godzilla 98. A viewer can go into both these films and expect a certain kind of film and not be prepared for what has actually happened. All Monsters Attack is a good Godzilla film. It's a film about a kid with normal latchkey kid problems and bully problems. His days are filled with escapist fantasy. The limited uses of stock footage is appropriate because they are the imaginings of a child you get to see this main character deal with his abandonment issues and bully issues through imagination which we all have done at some point while these things do happen in his mind they still happen to him and they matter they help change him for the better if your problem with this film is that it is different than a normal godzilla film that is not a fair reason to rate low there are only a few of these films that are similar in tone and message to the original and some of the best in the series are ones that deviate from the original and this one should be appreciated for trying and succeeding at that all i ask is that you revisit with new eyes mind and heart <laughs> oh man uh I, oh and before <laughs> before we start these rhymes eric before uh-huh. we start them i just want everyone yeah. to know that they came off a lot more aggressive than i intended initially so just know that you know when you're rhyming you don't have time for subtlety <laughs> so i'm bashing well, these movies a lot harder in my rhyme than i actually mean to <laughs> <laughs> Subtlety has no place in rhyming, Alex. But now now we know we're rhyming. And are you ready to begin? Are you ready to begin the one and only definitive and much too serious list of our Godzilla films ranked? I'm ready. All right, here we go. At number 35 comes Godzilla 98. And yes, it really does deserve all the hate. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Gigan is number 34. Most of y'all think this movie is a snore. Godzilla vs. Mothra at the bottom of the Heisei is the next of the bunch. Safe to say, it's a true butt munch. Sorry, Travis. <laughs> 32 is all monsters attack. If any of y'all like this, just know that you're whack. <laughs> Son of Godzilla falls at 31, despite the fun from everyone. I especially love Kubo as Goromaki, but let's be honest, the film's a bit wacky. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla coming hot at 30. This story did me dirty. (laughs) (laughs) With an awesome opening and interesting idea, at 32 is Godzilla versus Destroya. We just wish the end and final battle had offered a bit Moya. (laughs) (laughs) At number 28, we have Destroy All Monsters. It's a full roster. But it, but it's not one of the authors. <laughs> At twenty seven, and in my opinion, far too high, falls Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla two to make me cry and ask Alex and the Kaiju Groupie why. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Megalon is twenty six. It gets really good when the crustacean enters the mix. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla vs. Biollante is next on the list to much surprise, but to all the haters out there, I just say, kiss you guys. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) In number 24, Godzilla raids again. When this movie ends, I say, amen. (laughs) 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> Ghidra the three-headed monster at 23 might make you say, oh, no, about it being too low. But hey, I do love Princess Salno and Shindo. Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla is 22. It's hard to believe, but both of our crew like this, too. <laughs> At 21, Godzilla vs. Megagira shows the destruction of the city Osaka. But I'll never forget the always around boy named Jun Hayasaka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 20 is Ibra, horror of the deep. A joyous time is what we reap, even when the yellow juice begins to seep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Tokyo SOS is 19 as Suzuka's crowning achievement. It even features some text messaging equipment. <laughs> 18 is Godzilla 2014 with a few moments that are maybe frightening. <laughs> <laughs> At 17 falls Godzilla Final Wars. A film that maybe never soars, but certainly never bores. <laughs> 16 is Mothra vs. Godzilla, and it's the only movie that needed Manila. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Please, no. At 15, uh, at 15, Godzilla vs. Hedera is about a monster made of smog, one in which Bono advances the environmental dialogue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 14 is Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, directed by Jun Fukuda. It was by far his most Gouda. <laughs> All right. <laughs> coming in at 13, coming in at 13, Godzilla the Planet Eater provides the best Metfees and a Ghidorah that gives the big G a nice squeeze. Ooh. 12 is Godzilla 2000, in parentheses, the American dub. If this version isn't your favorite, go ahead and unsub. <laughs> <laughs> the return of Godzilla at number 11 brings Godzilla back to the light of day as the gourmet entree of the Heisei. Oh. Or the Hasai. <laughs> Godzilla, Planet of the Monsters, bringing in the anime at number 10. Watching this movie made me think again. Ooh. <laughs> At number nine, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah messes with time, but we certainly know that you'll be mine, especially if your great-great-granny is really fine. <laughs> Godzilla, King of the Monsters is number eight. Yeah, it's not up for debate that this is great. You know that it's bait if it's getting hate. <laughs> mm, all right. Shots fired, shots fired. That's right. At numero seven, Invasion of Astro Monster brings the crazy, and Nick Adams brings us Glenn. But it's only the fourth favorite Honda of Monsters vs. Men. <laughs> At number six, GMK enters the mix. If you think it should be higher, then you're just a liar. <laughs> no, it should be higher, but all right. <laughs> Godzilla, City on the Edge of Battle, is in our top ten for being so ambitious. And there's nothing you can do about it, any goji-hating bitches. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Um, t- 
<laughs> Terra Mechagodzilla is number four. If you think this is a bore, then walk yourself out the door because you don't deserve more of that Godzilla roar. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla falls at number three and certainly provides the satire. And it's hard to find much higher. Who knew King Kong was such a flyer? <laughs> Shin Godzilla is number two, with plenty of content for the viewers to chew. Why it's so high needs no explanation. This movie is once in a generation. Ooh, man. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) At number one, of course, is 1954's Gojira. We started at the bottom, Alex, and now we're Hira. And that's a wrap. That is a wrap. We're done. <laughs> that is the Godzilla series, everybody. Oh. Uh, in the in the way we only knew how uh, through rhymes. We didn't know each other's rhymes, so that's why we we're laughing the whole time. Yes, <laughs> I like how you made that rhyme. Oh man, yeah, had to make it. Had to make it rhyme. All right, Alex. So Gamera is next. We're officially yes. done with the Godzilla series. Did you come up with a rhyme for Gamera for next week? So long, Godzilla. Hello, Gamera. Is he photogenic for the camera? Or like Manila, gonna make me want to kill her? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Mine is much less... Mine is much less sophisticated. Next week, Gamera marks the start of a new series. I'm curious if we'll have any new theories, Alex. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some new takes on Gamera. We will see. Yeah, I'm going to bring it hot. Like spicy Indeed. water. <laughs> what are you What are you on right now? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. As always, you can follow us. Uh, on social media, we're at Twitter on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. You can see our individual list and you can see this list uh, of all these 35 Godzilla films compiled on Letterboxd. We're Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. We have different individual lists, but we combined them here mm-hmm. and, and settled the score. Uh, and these are our compromised composite list. You can email us, mvmpod at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash mvmpod and receive regular bonus content. Or if you feel so led, leave us a review on iTunes to help the podcast grow. Monsters vs. Mint is produced by Alex Cornette. Special thanks to our wives, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, Senor <laughs> Honda, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next week, try, <laughs> try to, to stay. stay. Uh, Uner GMK, weep, 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 cry yourself to sleep. That was fun, dude. That That was was fun. fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh...